You have come to a place where all sports matter. And some sports just matter more than others. This is the LTV Sportscast. And now your host, Leighton. Welcome sports fans to another episode of the LTV Sportscast and it's going to be English Premier League and we're heading into the 2021-2022 season. So time for season preview. Joining us today, the old gang is back together. Big Killer K coming out of Josie and Big J Peru straight out of my hometown in the Nell Spread. How are you doing boys? Andreas. Evening listeners. Uh, great Leighton. Just glad that... Um we're two and a half weeks away from Premier League. So looking forward to either of you two giving me a run for my money this year. Well, Andreas, I'll tell you what. Uh, I must be honest with you. I expected uh, slightly uh, – <clears throat> there was a bunch of bravado at the beginning of last season from the both of you. And a uh, little bit disappointing on both ends. Although, uh, although Andreas, you, you did – you maintained a position. I expected you to have that late run, that experience to come through at the end, uh, which obviously did not happen. Um, then uh, you did you land up catching Justin? Or did you I just did not. Oh. Um, so something to play for two boys that we need to catch this year. And well done to Pumlani, the oh. champion, and, and Justin Lloyd. Um, great season from both of them. So, yeah, um, hopefully we give some tips out today. I've actually started tinkering. First time in playing this game for so many years that I've actually looked at my team a few weeks before the season has started. So oh. maybe I'll get that head start, change my strategy a little bit. Well, you, if you keep doing the same things, you're going to get the same results. They say, Jay, what about you? What's going on your side? Well, Leighton, uh, I've never been a fan of the Manchester United, nor will I have been a fan of Bruno Fernandes. And I made the decision last season that I would not own the penalty merchant. And, I mean, he ended up becoming the highest point scorer in FPL. And, yeah, I probably regret that. Probably this season I'm not going to be as as stubborn with regards to that and be a little bit more flexible um, having said that, I think uh, the return of fans to the stadium, uh, home and away fixtures will have a different bite to it. I mm. can't see uh, the referee calling Manchester United players back from the dressing room to come and take a penalty after the final whistle, like what went down in Brighton. So I think with the fans back, I think there'll be a bit of circumspect with referees. I don't, I don't think this season or in a stadium uh, full of fans, the referee would have, after the final whistle, uh, call back the team to get a penalty. So I think there's going to be a little bit less of that. And, um, yeah, maybe the, there should be some sort of normality resuming reduction in the amount of penalties that teams are, are going to be getting, <clears throat> as well as improved defensive and offensive uh, performances from teams who are at home and away playing in front of your fans. Uh, so you're going to probably be defending a bit better if it's your home stadium, if you think of a Liverpool uh, defending at the cop end or, in fact, attacking at the cop end. Uh, so the guys will try to score a lot more goals as well as defend a lot more. So I think I think it will revert uh, back to previous seasons and have a bit more consistency, uh, which will help my game. So, yeah, well done to Andreas. I did say I'm not sure whether I had a Ranieri season the, the first time I played. So, But uh, I'm, I'm eager. I, I think I tinkered a bit in the Euros and uh, one or two of the leagues in the Euros, I seem to have found some form there as well. Uh, so I'm eager for the kickoff of the new season. 
Okay, excellent, Jay. Um, so what we're going to do this show, uh, and I'm more springing this on you, is we're going to probably avoid an FPL kind of talk. It is in, in more of what we expect from the teams. And then next week, I think with, uh, with our listeners, we will go into a little bit of strats for for FPL, you know, into the new season. So what we can do, and before we talk about the Premier League, you do mention the Euros. Um, Jay, you first. Uh, thoughts on, on, on the Euros? I'm an Italian supporter, Leighton, so I've always been from the days of Roberto Baggio, 1994. Uh, Over so, the bar, yeah, yes, I, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, from the, the Divine Ponytail, and he probably got me to fall in love with Italian football. And um, so for me, uh, for me, it was a result that I wanted. Uh, yeah, so there wasn't any of that footballs coming home for me. Uh, nonsense. So I was really happy for the Italian team. Although uh, England had everything in their favour with the the, the, the uh, I think five of the games all played on in England. Uh, five of the games played in Wembley. So they've had their fans. They've had everything in their favour. But <clears throat> I guess a bit of uh, bit of uh, letdown for them. Uh, but yeah, I think I think England down the line with the team that they have. Uh, but yeah, you can't. Uh, team that uh, Southgate puts out there um, people after a while as he got them deeper into the into the run for the cup um, people stop criticizing him for his team selection but you can't have the likes of Grealish and things going into uh, into the big match and not having that kind of creativity and big game player for you so yeah I think the fans got off Southgate's back for the for the deep run but as I said, I'm an Italian supporter, so very, very ecstatic for the Italians to, to lift the trophy. Well, congratulations to you, Jay. Uh, Andres, thoughts on it? Who do you support, actually? You're an Argentine yeah. supporter. So... Yeah, so um, I'm a neutral. If anyone in, in Europe, I support Greece and Cyprus. So I'm an Argentinian supporter. So, yeah, good victory there for um, the Argentina national team and Messi finally getting that, that trophy that he so deserved. Mm. But into the Euros... Um, I must say, after the first game, I was hoping Italy would win it. Um, they impressed me every single game, and I think um, they were the team. Uh, it was kind of a fairy tale story. Being unbeaten in like mm. 30 plus games, the team looked like they had a togetherness. It, it felt like a redemption story from them missing out in the World Cup um, two years before that. Mm. That, I mean, it was aligned for them. And I think they went out to win the final, whereas England tried to stay in the final. And they, they also try to stay in the um, stay in the the semi final. Uh, yeah, so for, for me, it kind of looked when you're watching that final, it kind of thought I was watching England were Italy and Italy were England. It was Italy of old defending mm. and hoping to catch on the counter. So, yeah, well done, um, guys, Italy fans. Um, Jay, awesome for you and for a lot of my friends. And I must say, it was actually just fantastic seeing fans in the stadiums. And then watching football like that again. And that was what was beautiful about it. And I think Italy have a very, very real chance of winning the World Cup. Okay. I, uh, excellent team, obviously. I, I think I still spoke to one of the chaps at work um, right before the Euros. He said, who's going to win it now? Obviously, I don't have a horse in this race, so to speak. But I did call Italy. So I was quite quite chuffed that I could walk in there and be like, yeah, I told you guys. I'm the, I'm, I'm the oracle, like Jay likes to call him. Or he used to call himself back in the day. Um <laughs> So there is, though, there is a question. Um, the lads that missed the penalties, was it the right call to have them take the penalties? 
Who wants to answer first? Andres, floor's yours. Um, I've I've seen Rashford take really really good penalties for United, so I don't know what he was thinking. The way he stepped up, it was almost I will say an arrogance about him uh, with what he tried to do. In terms of Sancho and Saka, I actually don't blame them for missing it. It almost mm. is going to galvanize them and make them better players at the age they're at going forward. I think you'll see those two players step up and actually come to the fore, and you'll see them step up again and take a penalty in a major tournament. Um, so I, I couldn't understand why Southgate took so much flack, because what better story than if Sancho and um, Saka scored and they're Euros. Then all of a sudden it's a different story. You're trusting youngsters, you, you're making Euros in youngsters and stuff like that. But for me, Rashford's miss uh, is is appalling. I mean, to not even hit the target, uh, to miss it like that. We can say what we want. Um, I Honestly, I want to take it a step further and say I don't blame them for missing. I called it actually before the game. Donnarumma is one of those old-school keepers who doesn't guess a side. He actually waits for the guy to kick and then goes that way. And if the penalty is not perfect, he saves it because he's a giant of a man already. So if it's not in the corner, he has a good chance of saving it, and that's all he does, whereas most keepers uh, pick a side and dive. So they were terrible penalties. They were not good. Mm. Does a Grealish step up? Uh, we we all saying he should step up. He doesn't even. He wanted even to, choice, no. but it's not even third choice penalty kicker for Aston Villa because he's missed so many for them. So, like, how does that make you first choice for England in a Euro final? You know, so it's it's all good and well in in, in years say um, for people to say should have, could have, would have. Um, the five players that stepped up stepped up. They missed. They could have been Euros. I think ultimately the better team won. I mean, we would have thought Jorginho would have missed a penalty. We would have been criticising him if uh, if they'd scored the next one and then gone through England. But penalties are lottery. In, in a pressure situation like that, in front of the Italian fans, you can bottle it. I don't think they bottled it. I think Rashford bottled his. I think the other two just missed the penalty. that could have gone either way. Okay. That, that was my assumption of it. Jay, is the criticism fair, though? Is it Should they, should they be protected or should they be criticised? Uh, I don't know how to answer that because I think I think with England and the fans as well, the race thing becomes such an issue mm. the minute. And I think all three play, players that missed the pin were all players of color. And immediately, I think within five minutes, if you look at social media, they were all on their backs from a color point of view. Mm. Um, and, and I don't want to get into that subject, but I mean, at the end of the day, um, they got that far on the back of Raheem Sterling also a player of colour. So the fans in England, and that, that's probably best why I don't get involved in terms of following or supporting English foot, the English team. Uh, from a pen point of view, uh, these guys earn between 100 and 200k a week for, as professional footballers. Um, I, I mean, surely from 12 yards out, you should be able to, to pick a spot and put the ball away. Uh, based And, and What's interesting enough, those are two players from the uh, three players that now play for the, the big six clubs as well. So that's the two United boys and uh, Saka from Arsenal. So they're playing for big teams. They, they've been exposed to finals, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, they're very young. They're very, very young, and that's something mm-hmm. we mustn't take away from it. I think Rashford at 23 is the oldest from the three of them. So we shouldn't take away from that that they're very young. But at the end of the day, you're still a professional. I I, I am livid any time a professional footballer misses a penalty. And I think there was not one that was driven down the centre. Probably to Andreas's point with Donnarumma 
always moving so late. But Yissi, what a what what a what a good keeper that he's been and going on a free now to PSG. Uh, so I think uh, a bit of credit. I mean, to a keeper that size, I think he's very very intimidating if he's stepping up to take it. But on the flip side, if you're earning in excess of a hundred thousand pounds a week for your club, I don't know what your English uh, your England salary is like. But you should be able to put that away. <clears throat> and I think I think where the criticism for Southgate should come is probably from the sequence. Um, I think he, I think Kane went Kane Maguire. Those two put theirs away. Uh, I think from the sequence of it, he should have probably relooked at where he placed. I don't I don't think I would have had Saka taking the the, the, the last uh, the fifth penalty. Uh, so he would have taken a penalty, yes, but probably relook at the sequence of penalty takers. And I still don't understand. Why not straight down the center? I love those ones uh, where, where they bury them through the middle, no mess, no fuss, down the center, keeper moves probably half a meter and bobs your uncle. Yeah, so for, from my, my small take on it is I, I've seen, obviously, uh, superstars who have missed penalties for, uh, for, their, for their country. I mean, obviously, in Colombia, back, I think it was Italian in 90, the guy with, he went home to Colombia and they. Escobar, USA ninety four. USA ninety four. Yeah, and then then oh. they killed him. And then it was look, the own goal. it was the own goal there. Oh yeah. Anyway, so so you know fans can be pretty fickle uh, from time to time. Um, I still remember um, David Beckham. Obviously, he's kicked the fastest ball in the world. Uh, I think it's still in orbit. Uh, I think and if you're in orbit, you're traveling about fifteen thousand kilometers an hour. When he missed that penalty in Turkey, he practically kicked it out the stadium. And a certain badger. Yeah, that in Italian '94. I mean uh, USA '94. So yeah, that was great. That was great because I'm a Brazil thanks, supporter, though. Thanks so. for thanks for bringing that up, Andreas. Thanks for bringing that up. But I mean, even in the semis, I think it was uh, the semis. Kylian Mbappe, he missed his pen mm-hmm. as well. So I think yeah, it doesn't matter in terms of your stature and how how big you are in the game. I think you need you to can. Get, yeah. But at the end of the day, I also think if you, I remember there's uh, Carlos Branca, I think, played for Mexico, as well as uh, obviously Roberto Carlos. Uh, line that ball up, get your run up, and smash it. And uh, I don't think I don't think I've seen Roberto Carlos miss a penalty in terms of that uh, ethos of taking it. Uh, these little fancy hopskeeping jumps, and uh, I saw both Pogba also do that that delayed long run up and. Rashford did the same. So I don't know if it's a thing off the Manchester United training ground. <laughs> yeah. um, I think it's very hard to get that Jorginho, Bruno Fernandes skip in terms of the timing. So that was, the, I think, the other the other alternative to the penalty. But, yeah, when you see a Roberto Carlos uh, place of the ball in the spot and, and, and take that run up. You dive uh, the other way. Uh, <laughs> and I don't know. I don't know why professional footballers don't do not do that. We don't, we don't see that amount of drive in terms of... Uh, Low, hard-driven shots, even in 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 open play these days. Only Vardy does uh, it. So, I will say no. Um, Salah, if you see him smash a penalty, he smashes it into the corner. That's oh all yes, he does. yes, yes. He goes for most, power. Most, he just yeah. he just smashes most, it as hard as he can. Mo's got this nice swerve run up uh, when he when he when he, when he goes on it. He does this little angle curve and then he comes in bang. Are they in the corner or down the middle as well? Mm. Are they in the corner or down the middle? And he's been pretty effective and obviously one of the probably the better penalty takers in the game. Uh, one another Liverpool player, James Milner. I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't recall Milner missing. So again, it's a bit of consistency. And I think back to the overall legend from what these guys earn. Mm. Uh, no, it's on. It's on. On. 
thinkable for them to miss. So uh, criticism is fair, but it shouldn't be based, obviously, on the color of one's skin. Rather, the fact that they missed a penalty makes them, well, um, dislikable people, to say the least. Uh, And that will all pass. It always does. Once the Premier League gets going, they'll be playing for their team and their team will get behind them. That's what's always going to happen. Okay, so let's talk about the boys into the Premier League. Uh, the new, the new lads, uh, Brentford are in, uh, first time in the Premier League, and we've got Watford came up, and then Norwich, a little bit of a yo-yo team. So, uh, who who wants to who wants to lead us first year? What are we expecting from from the the new arrivals? Andreas, yes, on the money today. Wants to talk first. Yeah, I think um, Norwich, we can expect much of the same. I think they'll be in a better outfit. I think they would have learned that they, they can't go gun-ho and just try and score goals and outscore the better teams in the Premier League like they have in the Championship. However, um, they must be doing something right there to keep their team together oh, and they the didn't. manager together. Uh, they, well, they lost they, uh, probably one of their, their biggest um, uh, biggest players, that Emilio Buenda, he went to Aston Villa and he scored, I think, yep. 16 goals, 15 assists. So they, they're no, back to now, relying I mean, on Pukki. Within, with, yeah. I mean, within the season to oh, get yeah. up, like sure. to keep them to get up and all that stuff. Now they've got some money to spend and they've got their talisman in Pukki. Um, I think Farker's showing that he'd stay and fight the good fight, get them up. I think they'll be a more resolute team. I think uh, they'll have a chance of staying up, if I'm quite honest. Brentford will play really, really attractive football. Um, but I think they'll try to go toe-to-toe with teams and be found out in the bigger league. Mm. And Watford have been there, done that. And I looked at their squad the other day. They've got some really, really good players. I, I think they might lose a few to some Premier League teams. I think Liverpool actually touted to, to look for Ismail Saar, mm. which would be quite a nice signing and backup player for Liverpool. So I think only I'm predicting only one of the three stay up this year. If I'm fair, I don't know which one. I'm, I'm going to go for Norwich on the back of the performance in the championship. However, I think Watford are more um, inclined to do a better job uh, being in the Premier League for a longer period. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Brentford will stay up unless they get a few wins early on. But I think they're going to go gun-ho. And I think they're going to be the team you should be picking your captain when they play against Brentford in the first few games of the season. Okay. Uh, Jay. Your your three four uh, your your three new guys. Any any teams going to stay up? It's a, it's a tough call, Leighton. Um, I think last season I got uh, two out of the three right. Um, this season here, um, I think one of one of the three promoted sides uh, between Watford and Norwich, just be, purely based on the fact that they've had. That experience, and you just referred to them as a yo-yo team because they were here just the, the season prior. Um, and they, a lot of both of these sides have retained a uh, majority of their squad. And as uh, Andreas alluded to, that uh, Puki is still there at, at Norwich. Um, the likes of Ismail Assar, um, I think Troy Deeney, I must just confirm Troy Deeney is still there at Watford as well. So um, I think he's out these there. teams... Um, I wonder if he didn't go in loan. I must just double check if he didn't win in loan and came back because he was—he's quite. Oh, no, he is, you're right. Sorry, he is there. Troy Deeney is there. So, so, so Deeney and Saar—they've had their experience. Well, Norwich, if they don't improve their defense in terms of getting in players, uh, so I see Cantwell still in the squad as well. Norwich was very poor. Uh, Grant Hanley, the the Scottish uh, 
uh, Scottish centre back. He was he was in the in captain for Norwich as well. Uh, if they don't make a few signings in terms of defence, uh, Max Ahrens is still there. Max Ahrens was touted far and wide with, with bigger clubs. I, I think if I remember, I think Barcelona was even interested in Max Ahrens, the the right back for Norwich at the time. But they've got to improve their, 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 their centre-backs. And they had the, one of the most horrendous injury seasons when they were up last time around. If they can avoid those injuries and not be as naive, they were one of the more exciting teams to watch because they, they played full-on full on attack almost to a mm-hmm. certain extent like Leeds. But they couldn't defend to save their soul and they conceded a lot. Um, yeah, I have fond memories of bringing in Pookie after the Liverpool match and immediately getting a hat-trick against Newcastle. Mm. So, <laughs> talk about putting a player against your team. Um, Brentford, Tony. Tony is all the rage at Brentford. Mm. And um, not so long ago, Oli Watkins was from there as well. There is another player that slips my mind. But Brentford seems to produce a lot of young English talent, which they tend to sell on for a profit as well. So, they scouts do a good job in terms of recruitment. Uh, will they stay up? I doubt it. So I would I would think between Watford and and and, and Norwich, depending on who who adapts in terms of defensively, the better. One of the two I see staying up, and I think the team that's probably going to go down if they don't spend the money correctly um, from the sale of Ben White, it could be Brighton. Uh, because Ben White has been key in that defence for them, they still have no, and from the window that's open, they still don't have no uh, really good prolific striker. Neil Mopé was shocking last season, if you ask me. Um, I believe Tyreek Lamptey is not yet fully back from recovered from his injury, or is not fully back in terms of uh, start time. And mm. I think Lewis Dunk's got an injury. I think Lewis Dunk's got an injury. So Brighton at the back. Without Ben White, they're really going to struggle uh, if there's a, a team that could go down. And, and I love the way Brighton plays going forward in midfield um, and in attack, but not necessarily in terms of finishing. They're a very good team. But if they use the money, I think it's $50 million that's touted for the sale of Ben White, if they make a few smart signings, that could save them. But if they don't, uh, depending on owners and what they want to do with the money, uh, I could see Brighton struggling. Uh, defensively as well, because Sanchez now is the new goalkeeper, and yeah, he's not uh, he's not really renowned in terms of in the goal goalkeeping circles, especially in the Premier League. So yeah, I think if there's a team that I would select to go down, it's going to be Brighton. Yeah, people could say Newcastle as well, but I think uh, injury injury free season or reduce injuries, I think Newcastle could go deep this year. I'm actually hoping for the uh, the, real, uh, the conference league. I'm looking for a conference league position. So what's that? Eighth, ninth? I don't think you've got anything to worry about. I think Newcastle showed enough early in the season and late in the season when their players are fit, they were a match for anyone. Um, I, I, don't, um, I don't disagree with what you're saying about Brighton, but I think they play good enough football to get themselves by and with one or two good signings they'll be a mid-table team um, the one team that I fear for um, because of um, the manager having very uh, he's just started his managerial career in Patrick Vieira mm. and Crystal Palace losing yeah, sure. 12 players 
um, already. So they've got to get off to a good start because I think they might be under pressure. But they could also be the surprise package, I suppose. And and we know someone's going to come in late for Zaha. If they lose him, um, I don't think the the depth is that good. So they've lost Townsend too. Everton's poached him quickly mm. and early. So. I think they might be in trouble there yeah, from a Premier League perspective, in my opinion. Yeah, well, so I've got on, on my side, uh, what I'm thinking to myself is I'm almost certain, I feel slightly different. I think Watford is is a team that's uh, guaranteed to go down. Uh, what uh, Andreas just mentioned, obviously Crystal Palace would be the other team to go down. Now, to, to pick a third team to go down, the thing is, I think Norwich might just go down again. I think Brentford has a better chance of staying up um, this season than, than Norwich do. But to to see, I think Watford, I mean, they had lost, I think they're definitely a weaker side than what uh, what went down originally. I mean, they lost Decore as well along the way, didn't they? Yeah, so, and uh, so none of it is... None of this is favorable for Watford going into the season. So from my side, I'd probably say Watford going down. Crystal Palace, like you said, uh, Patrick Vieira, he's new, he's fresh in his managerial career. He's very much with a weakened side that's going there. If Zaha does go, um, if Eze stays, you know, there's so many questions there. I'm, I'm almost certain this, uh, this is Palace checking out this season. I can't tell you the third team that is going down. But what you have mentioned is you did mention Newcastle, Jay, that you're worried. Andreas, you're pretty confident, and they're still wanting to – that whole takeover. When, when is your arbitration takeover hearing thing? When is that happening? Early 2022, isn't it, Jay? I think I think so. I actually lost track of it late, and I thought it was it was, it was totally canned, and then somebody raised it with me that – the Saudi the Saudi bid is back on the table, so I was mm. like, I, I I know there was a petition that went forward, etc., etc. So I, I haven't I haven't I haven't kept track. I actually went to follow up on social media to see for an update, and I couldn't pick anything from Newcastle regarding the regarding the takeover. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hold my breath. I think I think Tuan Sebi is from from uh, Manchester United is he's uh, going going across on loan as well. And I see there's talks of uh, Ross Barkley, and I'm not a big fan of Ross Barkley. Him, him coming in as well. Um, I would get, love to get just get Willock, and you win the title. I just, I just was about to say that you took the words <laughs> out of my mouth. I would love to get Joe Willock back, and um, a lot of my Arsenal uh, friends who are fans, I've said to them, um, "Yeah, you guys have not really played in preseason as well, and I don't see him fitting into Arteta's plans." Might as well just sell him back to us. Uh, so I think, yeah, seven goals, seven consecutive games. I think Shearer and some other four or five really big, big strikers have hit that kind of goal-scoring uh, form. Now, one of my regrets of FPL is that I didn't, I didn't believe he could carry on, similar to Calvert-Lewin as well, I guess, that he could carry on there. So I think, I think Newcastle is fine. I, I will be fine. I just, I'm not happy. With my my backroom staff that's there, our, our medical team. I don't know if it's the cold up back up there in the northeast that they can't take care in terms of play injuries and soft mush, soft muscle, soft tissue injuries. Yeah, we and what about your talisman? Callum. Yeah, what what what's gonna? Uh, which, which talisman? Are you talking about Saint Max or are you talking about Callum? Callum. Uh, yeah, Callum. Uh, I've, 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 he's in my team. He's in my team. Spoiler alert: Callum leading the line. One of my 
One of my three strikers is Callum Does Wilson stay going fit? forward. Um, I'm going to gamble and roll the dice. I think he, at Bournemouth he was he was he was quite fit with that, in that time that he combined with Brian Fraser at Bournemouth and had this great assist goal scoring partnership that the two had. I think that first bit of the season is just towards the, the end of Bournemouth's relegation here that he picked up those injuries and it carried on a bit. Uh, but yeah, I'm concerned. As I said, the backroom staff at Newcastle probably need to be fired because they can't keep my players off the off the medical room table. Um, and that's been a frustration. I think we've been third, third most uh, hours lost in terms of injuries. I think Liverpool's been up there thanks to VVD. Um, but we think we're the third most. But this is like two seasons in a row that we've been up there in the top five mm. for players out in terms of injuries. And it's been frustrating to watch. Uh, if we get that right, we'll have a we'll have a decent season. And as I'm, I'm quietly hoping that we could have a conference league run. And uh, looking at some of the the teams there without money uh, in terms of signing new players. So yeah, I'm hoping uh, I'm hoping uh, just looking at the type of signings that Arsenal have made. I'm looking to give Arsenal a run for their money. So yeah, I'm sure people are thinking yeah, Newcastle fan has been delusional. But I'm hoping if Arsenal stay the same. Uh, Newcastle could hunt them down. Okay, well, Andreas, I'm going to throw a name at you right now because I do, uh, I do tend to agree with the uh, if if Jay's team, the Newcastle, can stay relatively fit, I, I'm pretty confident they'll stay up. But another team that might be teetering on possible relegation is Southampton. What happens if they lose Danny Ings? And there's talk. Yeah. Um Southampton were an absolute anomaly. They started the season on fire in the top three for 12 games. Mm. Then they went through a mid-season slump where they got to mid-table and then they forgot how to play football for the last like 15 games of the season. So I think um, they've learned a lot of lessons. I think what I saw from them where I was very, very impressed is they obviously went down to 10 men um, earlier in the season and, and got absolutely hammered, uh, I think, Leicester last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, put nine goals past them. And then the same thing happened again to them, I think against United, and they conceded seven or eight goals. And it actually happened in the last five games of the season, and they drew 1-1. And I could see the whole team, the spirit, the coach, celebrating like they'd kind of turned a corner and learned something. So I think Southampton have always um, not been a team that can fight uh, when the going gets tough. And if they've put that right and have found that formula – they will definitely win enough games because they play good enough football. Danny Ings, if they do lose him, he'll be a huge loss to them. Huge, huge loss. Uh, will they be able to replace him? I think they have been able to find gems in the past. Uh, with Che Adams, they've got a, an, a nice replacement, a good understudy, a good second striker. Will he get Ings' goals and does he have Ings' class? I don't think so. Do they have enough to stay up late? And this is the Premier League. Um, we, we're talking like Brentford and Norwich and Watford are going down. They could basically mid-table early on and Leeds start badly and Newcastle start badly and uh, Palace go and start in the top six. Who knows? But uh, I don't see Southampton in trouble, if I'm honest. I think if they keep Hootenotel, I think their fans back. They've got passionate fans uh, with James Ward-Prowse, a lot of good midfielders, and uh, they've got quite a steady back line. So I think they'll be fine. And uh, from Southampton point of view, I think they'll be fine, even okay. if they lose him. And if they don't lose him, I think they'll be a really good mid-table side. When you say mid-table, how maybe, high up maybe the mid-table? 
Sorry? How high up on that mid-table? No, no, somewhere around 10 to 13 position. Okay, sure. Jay? Maybe they sign Minamino off permanently because there's lots of talks that Minamino is unhappy at at Liverpool. So, yeah, yeah interesting to... The talk from Liverpool is that we are trying to flog him off as well. So um, if they do come in with a permanent offer, Liverpool will take it. Um, and let's be honest, it's anything from $8 million up. There's, uh, they make a profit on him. So it'll be good. He just hasn't flourished. I like Minamina, don't get me wrong. But I think Liverpool have learned to listen of this season, of what City and even United and Chelsea are doing. We need better strength in depth. You can't have squad players. So I think we, we flogged a lot of, um, like I would say, uh, squad players already, um, and I think there are about three or four more that will go. And Liverpool are going to concentrate on possibly buying one or two players that can challenge those starting eleven guys. Okay, but we'll save Liverpool talk when we when we get to the top Nathan, of this table. Uh, I, yeah. I, I, I hear you mention Ings, and I heard um, Andreas mention Zaha in terms of in terms of movement. The one thing I've noticed this transfer window is almost nobody has money, and if we look at La Liga. They have zero money, and that's referring to Barcelona and Madrid. They've got they have nothing, less than zero money. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we've got more money in the bank than them. Um, you spot on. <laughs> that's why we haven't and, seen uh, the signings been made from City yet. Correct. Yeah. So so I think City will obviously try to circumvent uh, some FFP rules and get the Abu Dhabi money coming in, <laughs> but I don't I don't see. Uh, Though anyone, because I'm keeping a close eye, and especially to Liverpool, because uh, after Konate, there's nothing. But the likes of Ings and Zaha, and normally Zaha is on the lips of everyone because he wants to leave, etc. Um, I'd like, and, and this is, I'd like to see how Zaha uh, uh, plays under Vieira, who's, who's got a lot of credentials as a player and a, a lot of leadership. If you look at his Arsenal and, and France days, I'd like mm-hmm. to see if he could maybe quieten that that uh, rebellious streak in Zaha and if he could improve him as a player <clears throat> it either he either improves Zaha or takes him to the next level and it should be a good punt uh, from an FBL point of view because uh, I I never like Zaha um, <clears throat> or or he could he could get Zaha out of the club because of that attitude so I just yeah just one thing I just want to caution is that I, I don't see money being been thrown about and I, even I think uh, Shakiri is also on the table to be to be sold as well to raise funds. Uh, Andreas and Leighton, I don't know if LeBron is taking all yours profit, hey? Uh, because uh, I'm very uh, looking at how Manchester we'll, United we'll spent. Get there. I have another view on what Liverpool are doing right now, but we'll yeah. get there when we talk to Liverpool. How, how Manchester United have spent, and even Arsenal, uh, I think the Arsenal and even Villa as well, it seems there's some checkbooks that are open, but the rest of it, uh, the bank balances. We are we were we are in talks with I think signing Lamina from Southampton, Newcastle signing, and I think the fee is one million, uh, <laughs> which is laughable in this day and age. But uh, yeah, just a point that I wanted to raise is that uh, things are, are looking tight for mm. many a Premier League club at the moment. But there's still what what's it? Uh, um, end of a month and a half, or windows windows transfer window close. Yeah, I, I'm still not sure if it's the end of August or they brought it to the first Premier League game. I think they've actually the Premier League has brought it to the first game before the first game. Sure, I, but, I, uh, I just confirmed that. We'll have to check in on that. So I've got some questions, right? I'm going to throw some other teams that would be obviously in the bottom of, well, what I assume will be in the bottom of the table. And please feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. 
Uh, Burnley, Wolves, and I know Jay mentioned Brighton earlier. Any any expectations for for Burnley to? Is Burnley going to be fighting relegation this season, Andres? I don't think so, Leighton. Um, they were the team that surprised me the most come the last eight games of the season. I mm-hmm. thought they were dead certainties to go down, and the way he's pulled them together and actually started playing quite attacking football in a strange way. If they yeah. don't lose any of their centre-backs and their back four, and with Pope in the sticks there, they've, they've actually got solid foundations. Very, very good midfielders that will chase and fight for Daesh. And the talk of the town was that uh, with the new ownership, that they were going to spend money if they stayed in the Premier League. So I think we'll see some activity there closer to the end of the season. But I think um, it's not really a sentiment of teams not having money. I think some of the teams are choosing to spend on the right players and the right timing and not overspend, whereas mm-hmm. others, I, I won't say they're desperate, so, so just don't take the word desperation from you. And I talk about Man United. They are, they're trying to get back to a point where they need to be. So they made some very good signings in Sancho and Veron. But remember, they're making signings to catch up. Some of the other teams have those players already that don't need to do it. So they're just looking for that, that last piece of the puzzle of the jigsaw in terms of like a City, a Grealish versus yeah. uh, Kane type thing, a Liverpool similarly thing, and Chelsea. So from Burnley's perspective, Leighton, I, I think they're going to be fine. I actually think they'll be better off. Wolves, I worry about. <laughs> New coach, uh, we know they played for the old coach. However, they were playing such a negative brand of football come the end of it. And there's talk that they're probably going to lose two of their stars in Neto and uh, Traore. So if they lose those two players, I'm fearful for them. However, if they keep their squad together and the coach gets off to a, a good start and they surprise a few teams, they could be the surprise package. So they're going to be a, an interesting one to watch because I don't know if they're going to improve or if they're going to go backwards at a rate of not. So uh, I'm undecided on Wolves. Burnley, I think, will be good. And you mentioned, we asked Brighton, you mentioned, which Jay mentioned Brighton. earlier. Yeah. No, I, th- I, think, I think they'll be fine. They've got a great coach, uh, great structure. They play a great brand of football. I actually think if Brighton had to find a, a scorer, a striker that will score 15-plus goals, they could be electric this year. You yeah. know? And Bren White's going to be very hard to replace, very, very hard to replace. So they're going to have to fill a gap there. But again, having said that, 50 million does allow them to probably buy three or four good players in different positions. Hmm. I do see Brighton in definitely actually between uh, positions 9 through to 12, somewhere there and thereabouts. Uh, Wolves, obviously, I think they're going to struggle. I'm not sure about Burnley. Jay, thoughts on Wolves and Burnley? I think I think Wolves, depending on what Nuno does, because there's talks that Nuno's going to do a raid on, 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 on Wolves. Uh, there's players like Ait Nuri, which I, which I think is a good talent, young talent. Um, I mean, they brought in uh, Fabio Silva, as well uh, as in, in terms of building for the future. Raul Jimenez is back um, after that head injury that he sustained. Uh, he's back. He's, he's been playing. Um, there's fearless? talks that he seems to be. Is he fearless? That, there's talks around that he is. Uh, again, obviously, those yes, are these social media comments. <laughs> the head injury yeah. has made him even, turned him into super hard. Yeah. I always wondered because he's one of those ones where I think similar to Suarez where they where they bandage their their their, their, their index and uh, middle uh, and forefinger. So, they do that so they can't flip off the crowd. <laughs> so I, I find those type of players that they seem to be quite fragile. So if you fall, maybe maybe he's got a fracture. He's trying to avoid that. 
I don't understand it. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe what you say is correct. Um, but yeah, Jimenez, Jimenez is back. I know Neves. There's talks of a lot of clubs looking at uh, Ruben mm-hmm. Neves as well. Um, they're looking to bolster that that midfield. Um, probably, I could see I could see him replacing Ginny Van Alden as well, um, especially with the Jota connection. So I think depends on whether Nuno, if he gets that Kane money, and he could he could buy he could buy half the half the Premier League there. Uh, there was comments from Sean Dyches when the when the fee came out for Harry Kane, was it were they buying the player or buying the club? So, <laughs> but that's Sean Dyche for you. Um, having said that, Burnley, Burnley know how to, how to grind it out. They, uh, Sean Dyche has been doing it season after season. Um, that uh, Ben me Ben me uh, in 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 defence there. I um, mean he's their captain. They 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 tend to keep their squad going. Uh, Chris Wood has shown a lot of form towards the end of last season as well. Yeah. Uh, Injury-prone season. So I think that the two similarities between uh, Burnley and and Wolves has been the injuries to their talisman strikers, Jimenez and Wood, because Wood didn't play that many games. So and neither Vidra, did... And I, Vidra is finally showing that he's a, he's a Premier League footballer. I think him and Wood are looking like they're going to combine quite nicely. I think he's taken Barnes' position... And he could be a, a good punt for people. And, and as I was about to say there as well, Andres, um, Ashley Barnes also didn't play a lot as well. So if they all come back in, uh, Dwight McNeil's been been one of the better players at Burnley as well. I I at times don't like the brand of football that Burnley play, but uh, Sean Dyche with his previously limited budget, he gets the job done. He gets to keep uh, Burnley almost operates more from a business point of view, as in. If we stay in the Premier League, we make we we, we make the owners uh, a profit. Jeremy? Sorry, did you did you though see a change in Burnley in the last ten to twelve games that they played a more attacking type of brand of football? I kept recording. Well, like... yeah, yes, as Wood as Wood got fit again as well, and he got in, and then Vidra coming in. They, I think it's, that's the, that's the that's the thing with with the Sean Dyche. As soon as he secures it. There's a more relaxed approach. Once you know he's, he, he, he plays to prevent relegation, and once that's done, job done for him, and then you see him bringing in some of the more fringe players, uh, and you see them playing a little bit more expansively, because Wood got a lot of his goals. I think he got yeah. four or five of them as soon as he came back, and he had a, that mid-season dry spell as well as when he was injured as well, obviously not for playing. So, um, yeah, I think... Uh, but for those people that wanted to look at Burnley, what I was trying to say was I saw a funny stat in the last four seasons under under Sean Dyche. In the last five games in the last season, they had more shots on target in those five games than any of their previous seasons. Amazing. Yeah, so I think I think when he, when once the job's done, I think he, the, the 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 gaffer tells him, "Okay, go out there and express yourself." But until then. <laughs> We defend. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so I think that'll be the surprise package. I think we're going to see a different Burnley from the start of the season. I think he's he's kind of uh, proved that they can do it. To your, you're right. The shackles will have only because they survived. But maybe he's learned something from that so that if they start like that, they might be further up the table. And they don't and, have uh, to survive. I, I don't think we give Nick Pope enough credit as well. I think he's probably oh, in the top. Top three, top four goalkeepers in the in the league. Uh, I mean, he's saved a lot of goals for Burnley. Uh, it's just too pricey from an FPL point of view right now. I think Nick Pope is Nick Pope's really really good for them. 
Um, so yeah, listen. I think uh, depending on what happens to uh, what happens to to Wolves, whether Nuno raids them uh, for some of those Portuguese players, whether they lose Neto Traore, Podence is still a decent decent player. Uh, if they lose them, then they could be in a bit of trouble. Brighton, as uh, if they don't, if Brighton don't use the Ben White money correctly, they. I definitely believe they're going to be scrapping in the relegation zone if they don't use that money correctly. Okay. Then then we, we're going to move what I believe would be into the top half of the table. And I'm not entirely sure where these teams place, but I'm pretty sure they're not in the top four. And I don't know how many of them make Europe. I'm going to throw three names, three, uh, three London clubs at you and one uh, Merseyside club. Arsenal, Tottenham. West Ham and Everton. Who's going to finish the highest out of those four? And where do they finish? Um, Maybe. Go, 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 go on, okay. okay, I think I think West Ham's got some great momentum. Uh, their squad, I mean, people like Declan Rice, everyone's talking about him. Everybody wants to sign him. Uh, Mikhail Antonio, if he stays fit, uh, we've spoken quite highly of Jared Bowen. Um, the likes of Lanzi and um, who's the other Argentinian there? There was there was a guy that scored the late goal at uh, for West Ham. Is it Lanzini? I think. Um, they oh, Gazi. They, they, oh, sorry. No, yeah, it was Lanzini. They, they, the they've, cracker. They've, yeah, they've uh, they've started. They've got good confidence and good momentum. Whether playing in Europe is going to impact that because uh, they, they I think they've qualified for Europa, mm-hmm. so that's going to. And squad depth there. And the biggest thing with West Ham is Antonio's fitness. Uh, mm-hmm. So if he can maintain that, um, I still love the Czech connection of uh, Suchek and uh, Sufal. I think they are two rugged, robust. Uh, I mean, they can run 100, 120 minutes for you. They've been incredible. You see, I've saw the same of them in, in the in uh, Europe uh, Euro 2020 as well. So those two players have been pretty decent. I think Nuno is going to have to learn the culture at Tottenham. If he loses Harry Kane, uh, there's no uh, impending replacement, whether they play Son up top, uh, which would be interesting. And that's something I'd consider out of position uh, uh, striker if Son leads the line at uh, Tottenham. But they're going to have a lot of money and they're not probably not going to know what to do with it because uh, the transfer window closes, I just checked late, 31st of August, so they've got till the end of August to finalize the deals. Um, Nuno, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. If, I think there's a lot of play, a lot of coaches that turn down Tottenham um, in terms of getting uh, for that role of replacing Jose. Uh, will, he be a, will he be a step up? Or will he be better? Uh, again, Jose was... Uh, and every every club that Jose has left, we kind of at some stage think now he made the best of a bad situation. Uh, so I, I, I'm uncertain there around uh, Tottenham, which was the other two clubs. Later, so we Arsenal and Arsenal and Everton. Everton. Okay, so I'll speak on Everton last. Uh, Arsenal, uh, they've uh, they've been beaten to the Buendia signing, which is. Interesting to see that Aston Villa could uh, could get Buendia's signature. Maybe it's a Martinez thing and Buendia being Argentinian. Maybe that was some sort of influence there. Uh, they've renewed Smith Rowe, which is good. 
Uh, Saka is a good talent that's there. Uh, Aubameyang, I don't know. If it's just a fluke season. I know a lot of my Arsenal friends, we talk about the curse of captaincy of Arsenal. Uh, I think Xhaka is out or on his way out already. Uh, they want, they don't want to keep Lacazette as well. So I don't know how much of Krunker's money is going to be splashed out. They've got this young lad, Tavares. I don't know if he's going to start. He, I saw him in the in the friendly. He looked pretty, pretty rapid and robust. And then the double-barreled, I think it's Sambi Lokongo that they just signed as well. Um, I'm not sure that it, there's good reviews around him and Partey. Arsenal, I, I do... The guys are talking about trust the process from Arteta. I don't know. Uh, I don't think they're getting quality signings. They, they are signing players. I just don't think they're signing the ones that are going to be impactful. There's talks about Odegaard going back, similar to Ceballos, that they've done this back and forth between Madrid. I think with Madrid trying to reduce their salary bill, they're probably going to let Odegaard, or probably offer him a wage cut, so he's probably want to go to Arsenal. We probably could pay him the same salary. So Martin Odegaard back to Arsenal, it appears. Uh, nobody really firing. I think Pepe could be good. I think Pepe could uh, have an improved season. He's he's shown incremental improvement. Uh, not the rate or not at the for the 72 million rand price tag. But I think Pepe could improve and he could be a good player for them. But they Those are not rands, Jay. That 72 was definitely <laughs> not rands. A euro. 72 million uh, euros, was it? Did I, did I say rands? You did say rands. It's it's okay. Yeah. It it feels like he's only worth uh, that when you watch him play. <laughs> Apologize to the Arsenal fans. Seems like we're taking shots again tonight. And Aubameyang, Aubameyang can be anything. So I think uh, the guy spoke about his mom's mm. illness or there's issues with his mom and he wasn't in the right headspace. Uh, I think he's a bit too materialistic with his Ferrari and Lamborghini collection. I think it's about the money. Mm. And he's got the salary that he was looking for. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, age-wise as well, whether he can bounce back. So, the, for me, the jury is out there. Uh, and then Everton, um, Rafa Benitez, my coach. Uh, so, for those of you who haven't followed Newcastle, we're Newcastle. Our, our coach. Well, I, I'm claiming him because we got relegated <laughs> and he went down to the championship with us. He could have signed it. He could have gone anywhere. And the man stuck with us, took us down. We spent one season, we came back up, and and the rest is history. So I have very, I have a very 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 soft spot for Rafa. Uh, signing for the blue side of Merseyside. Ooh, I don't know how, you, how the Scousers are going to take that. Um, and then obviously the scandal around Gilfie Sigurdsson. Not sure what the what the final outcome is there. So I think Gilfie could be out. Um, and then. James could be going as well. Uh, there's rumours that he may not stay. So uh, Everton could struggle this season. Although I see Richarlison's just scored a hat trick uh, for Brazil at the World Cup, at the Olympics. Sorry. So I, I I'm glad for Rafa to be back in the Premier League. Really, really happy there. Uh, I don't think Everton is going to shine as much. I think Ancelotti, Ancelotti, well, Ancelotti's pedigree and history shows that he's a He's a phenomenal coach, um, but uh, Rafa generally is from his Newcastle days. Uh, he didn't have much money. He didn't have much uh, a big squad to work with. He got us through. Um, they'll they'll be safe. They'll be they'll be safe. They'll be within that Euro Europe Euro, Euro hmm. uh, Conference League. I think 
I, I think uh, Everton should be top ten easily. But then he's then he's done a better job than Ancelotti, which which I think he's going to do. Um, at, so, so I'm going to start on Everton with what you said there. I think Everton under Rafa, I, I, my sentiments are shared with you. I'm glad to see him back in the Premier League. I have no like qualms that he's um, with Everton. Um, his time had run its end, and with us, he'd done a great job. He'd gone overseas, gone abroad, and the Premier League's better for having him in there. And I think he will improve Everton. His family um, lives in in Liverpool as well, yeah, so, so they stay there forever. One of his main reasons, one of his main reasons for coming back, he said he wants to be close to his family. I think he'll improve them. He'll make them uh, a tight knit uh, team. He'll he'll make sure they're solid in defence and play nice counter attack football. So I think they'll be better off. And I'm going to share the Arsenal love out of the four teams we're talking about, just to let you know: Arsenal, Spurs, uh, Arsenal, Spurs, West Ham, and Everton. I think Arsenal finish above all three of those other teams, and I think they are going to have a redemption season. I saw it coming nicely at the end of the season where he started trusting Pepe and Saka as his wing players, and I think they were the second best finishers with five wins and a draw. Um, so I think he's found a formula there. They are signing players, I, and I agree with you. I don't think they're signing world-class players, but I think that's the position they're in. Um, 100% agree with you on Obama Young. I think he's um, he's cashing in right now. And if I were to have a choice, I would keep Lacazette over Obama Young to, to lead the line. And I think he will only play one. So I think Smith Rowe signing a new contract. Saka's exciting. Um, a nice defender. And with Tierney fully fit, I think they'll be fine. Spurs, Spurs for me is, um, what is Nuno going to do? Does he get the best of Doherty playing with him again, uh, uh, being reunited with him? Does he keep Kane? Does their season like falter before it starts with someone coming in the last minute for Kane and then him him not knowing what he's got to do? Or is this the rebuild Spurs needed? $160 for one player. You can rebuild a whole squad with that type of money. Didn't they rebuild the squad after they sold Bale years ago? But but later, let's be fair. Um, I think the expectations were were extreme under Pochettino. If we think pre Pochettino and pre the last few years, where were Spurs eight nine years ago? They weren't. We weren't. They weren't even considered a top four team. So it's almost testament and a compliment to them that they've actually put themselves in that reckoning, if I can say that. And they've made a great signing now in Gill um, and Lamella going the other way. So that he's going to improve them on attack as well. So Spurs is my anomaly. West Ham to finish strong again. They gained great momentum. I'm very, very happy for David Moyes. And our boy, we were talking about Jared Bowen. It's such a strange thing that he couldn't get a, into the team at the end of the season. And I see there's some links with Liverpool and Jared Bowen. And I know it sounds strange, but I think he's just the type of understudy that would fit a team like Liverpool on the wing. So um, I think if they keep all their players, they'll 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 do a good job. I mean, Fornals came to the fore nicely for them at the end of the last season. Uh, ben Rama finally starting to find touch with them. And, um, yeah, Jeremy's hit the nail on the head. If Antonio stays fit, he is a shoe-in for Fantasy League, number one. And he makes that West Ham team so much better that they could still be pushing for top six again. So, And, and the check connection. They've, they've got a lot of good things going for them. West Ham right now, but I still think Arsenal end above all those teams. If I had to pick, I'd say Arsenal, West Ham, Spurs, Everton in that order, whichever the order is. Those are the four that I pick. Okay. Jay, what was your order over there? I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go with West Ham, uh, being the London, being the team in London that's, that's performed well. Uh, 
just just on solidity and and, and uh, momentum. Uh, again, I think the caveat is going to be how they how they play on on a cold night in Ukraine in the in, in the Europa League and then come back and play on on a, on a Sunday uh, in the Premier League. That's going to and it's tested many a team that has to play both in, in Europe as well as in the Premier League when you don't have the, the squad depth. Um, I think, uh, um, well, Arsenal Arsenal is an historically uh, top six side. I just I just don't see them, uh, especially in, in the front line. And and and, and Andres is 100% correct. I think they had the, the second best, if not the best, uh, best second form best. from Chris. From Christmas, from Christmas oh. until until the end of the season. So I think there was a cutoff point from Christmas, and I know all the Arsenal fans have been uh, commenting about their post-Christmas form. Oh, uh, they've been commenting Leighton on Dina. half a season. Yeah, yeah. Leighton, who is who, if you've got that, who, who's, who's got the better running than Arsenal? Just the, the best running at the end. Well, okay, not from Christmas, but the best running at the end belonged to Liverpool. I think they went ten on the trot, eh? Andres. Right. Nine nine wins in a draw. Nine nine wins. Um, and uh, yeah, so I think, uh, and then it's a, it's a flip of a coin between Everton and Tottenham. I think I think Tottenham definitely regress, depending on 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 the Kane on the Kane transfer saga. I think they definitely regress, and 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 Nuno coming in there and getting used to it seems it seems all of Tottenham wants Pochettino back. And I thought at the stage uh, when they were looking for a coach that. That Poch was going to come back, but I see he's just signed a, a extension at a PSG, and um, yeah, so it's a flip of a coin between Everton and uh, Tottenham in terms of that top ten uh, finish. Okay, yeah, I'll tell you where I'm at on that. I do. I think West Ham is going to be the best out of the four, um, followed by Arsenal, and then it's going to be an Everton Tottenham taking up positions nine and ten in the league. Because I do believe the next two teams will be the bridging teams to what would be the top four. And I'm going to throw out there, and I expected this season, Aston Villa and Leicester will have another good season. How do we feel um, about that? Where's Leeds in this whole scenario? Oh, you're right. Sorry, I left out Leeds. And uh, Leeds. Uh, <laughs> I, was, uh, I, was, I was going I was to ask that. Say, I thought you were going to say Aston Villa Leeds. I was going to say Aston Villa Leeds and Leicester. <laughs> I think they finished right above those four teams that we originally just mentioned. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be... Uh, I'd love to see Leeds build on what they did last season, just because they were the entertainment package of the season. And um, They kept Harrison. Like he, they, that yeah, move they, is permanent kept now. The old team. I, I must be honest with you. I was I was so hoping... I only wanted Liverpool to sign one player, and you could see he was a favourite of mine all season, Rapinha. Uh, I, I, would, I would love him to be at Liverpool. And, but he makes Leeds better. He's so exciting. That team just has a lot about them. And they're actually still signing. So uh, I think they're going to have a good season. But I think they might have first season syndrome where they just fall off a little bit. People find them out a little bit more, play a little bit smarter against Leeds. So I think the opposite. I think Leeds start playing smarter than, than they did yeah, the previous season. I hope you're right, Leighton, because I, I really enjoy Leeds. And I must say, the one thing I like about Leeds is, from a title race perspective, they will definitely take points off top teams. Mm. They're that good. You know, whether they have the consistency is, is what I'm talking about. And I think you, you're right about Leicester and, and Aston Villa. I think uh, Aston Villa are building one hell of a squad. Um, it, it's it's depending on them keeping their talisman. If they mm. keep Grealish with the Bundia signing and uh, uh, Watkins now having the two seasons under his belt, yeah. I think they 
they are going to be a great side. So very exciting side. They they tailed off a little bit at the end of the last season, but I think they will. But they be tailed off because uh, Grealish was yes. was gone, and so, they when he came back, he, he came back from injury, and you always you always thought oh, he's going to have that rust about him, and he just he slotted back in. He came into even the England in the Euros when he's on the field. He's just pure class. There's no doubt he's a world-class player. So um, from a very selfish Liverpool perspective, I'd hate him going to City because I think mm. he makes them 100 times better, uh, which is weird to say about a City side. They're already unbelievable. Um, but I like that Aston Villa side. And I think Leicester, wow, if it's not Liverpool, man, I wish they could finish in the top four just just so he can get over the line there because I actually feel so much pity for what's happened there in the last two seasons to be so close and so far. But they only have themselves to blame. Also building a great squad. But I fear for them with Vardy. Inacho stepped up. Mm. He stepped up a lot. So I think they, they've got something good there. But they do still rely on Vardy. And is his age catching up on him? Is he going to be a 20-plus goal-scoring uh, striker? I'm not sure. And that, that is where they might come unstuck. So uh, I would say Villa above Leicester. Villa above Leicester, which is quite a weird thing if Grealish stays. And um, I don't see any of them, though, in fifth and sixth, though. I do see Arsenal, that Arsenal Spurs West Ham hmm. uh, a little bit above that, to okay. be quite honest with you. And yeah, that's my, that's my take on it. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm putting that out there. I just, I don't, when I mentioned the Arsenal, uh, Everton, Tottenham, and West Ham, I kind of see West Ham going a little bit back this season. And I really think that uh, positions five through to seven, is taken up by Leicester Leeds and uh, Aston Villa, obviously. Uh, Jay, thoughts on that? So when they signed Buendia, I'm straight away am I, am I just doing the mathematics because they did Buendia and then they went after uh, Smith Rowe from Arsenal. So I believe that the Grealish deal is done. Uh, I be, uh, Fernandinho's son on Instagram posted, posted the picture of Grealish in the Man City kit, I think it was this morning or yesterday. So I think the Grealish deal is done. That is why they've got that kind of money to to go after Buendia and uh, Smith Rowe. So I think Grealish goes to City, and that definitely weakens Aston Villa. However, Buendia seems to be a straight swap uh, for Grealish, and probably they just needed some cover there. So I, I'll be surprised if Grealish is not a Man City uh, player by the start of the season or before the transfer mm. window closes. I'd just like uh, to say, Jay... I'm only basing this this opinion right now on the the current squads, so a lot can happen obviously before season or, or before the transfer window change uh, closes. No, so the fact the yeah. fact that they signed Buendia, so if you still look at the Aston Villa side, you yeah. can't see a Buendia and Grealish. I got my theory is you don't you can't carry two yeah, yeah. players. I, I agree with. So I you can't have the two on the on the pitch, and they were going hard to get Smith Rowe as well. So once the Buendia deal was done. The, the Aston Villa management were, were, and Smithrow was almost considering signing full Villa at a stage. I think Grealish, Grealish was signed before the Euros. It's just we're just waiting mm. to, to get the announcement and obviously for City to cook the books to make it seem that it's financially fair. <laughs> so there's two, uh, uh, Jeremy, just to add in quickly, I agree with you wholeheartedly. There's two things I think are, is happening. We're either going to see a very loyal player in, in Grealish and him sign a new contract for five years and stay or kind of loyal play in Grealish signing a new contract to get Villa an extra 30, 40 million in the deal. <laughs> that's probably, that probably would, would take place. Yes, because that's his, that's his, that's his boy. I think he's from, he's from Birmingham as well. Yeah, yeah. So, 
the hometown boy, hometown hero, and the, the, the I think the, he's a one man, a one club man. I think he'll stay there for his whole um, career. So and then he would uh, so in 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 Pep's the, to get into Pep's mind that so KDB's always got this uh, part of the season where he drops off with an injury or there's an issue with KDB. So I think Grealish comes in straight swap in for KDB during that time, and you know pop Pep rotation. So that will be even bigger at City. So. I don't know how much that diminishes uh, Aston Villa. The loss of Grealish with Buendia coming in. Grealish is a tried and tested uh, talisman for the team. Can Buendia step in the shoes? Highly unlikely. Mm. Um, from a Leicester point of view, they've signed Patson Daka and they're talking about him being almost a first-team starter. So I think he's a striker coming out of the Belgian league. Um, and you yeah, can Salzburg, see towards... Great, great striker from Austria. It, Towards the end of the season, seemed Vardy had passed the baton on to Yanacho because uh, I'd expected Vardy to have a bit of a burst to try and take the golden boot, and Yanacho was scoring goals for fun at that stage. Uh, so I think the, the, the bat- baton has been passed over to Kilechi Yanacho. Um, Leighton, I, I think uh, Leicester's getting into the top, top four positions. Um, sure. James, James Justin was injured. Uh, Castagna was injured. Um, Soyanchu was injured, Ndidi was injured, uh, my favorite uh, Leicester player, Harvey Barnes, was injured, uh, at a stage Vardy was injured. So they had a lot of injuries that they've had to endure, especially with those left and, uh, and right backs. And even Pereira, Ricardo Pereira, was, was phenomenal. He is in the same WhatsApp group as Trent Alexander. Uh, at the start of the season, and I held out on getting James Justin because I thought Pereira would be coming back earlier, and he didn't, and he didn't come back firing uh, to the Pereira that finished the previous season. So if that, uh, and now from a defensive point of view, they've got Castagna, Fofana, Soyanshu, Evans, Justin, and Pereira. That's, that is a phenomenal defense with, with Kasper Schmeichel behind them. Yeah, and we know solid, every right? great... Every great team uh, that performs well has to have a solid... I mean, you've got Ndidi, who is absolute... Uh, you, I didn't realize how good Ndidi was until he got injured. And then you saw a different Leicester. And a Leicester without Ndidi is, is two different teams. And then they've, they've started to find the young Mendy as well as a replacement for Ndidi whenever he's injured. So I think... And Chowdhury, uh, well, uh, he's quite a dangerous tackler. Do you um, support Leicester? Or are you Newcastle um, supporter? I'm a, I'm, I'm a Harvey Barnes fan, so... You, you just I, I went really through their whole it, roster, the whole Leicester I, roster. I, it's yeah, an impressive think, roster, yeah. by the way. When you mention it yes. like that, you almost think yes. they've got this, the yes. depth. They've, they've got a great squad. And maybe he's right. Maybe Petson Ducker and, and um, Iannaccio are going to be the starting players and, and Vardy's going to be taking a back seat with his age and stuff like that and come off to burst in the last 30 minutes of game. So... Yeah, on the back of that, like it's almost a dead certainty that they should finish in the top four. But then we know who, who those do you top take four out? teams are. Exactly. <laughs> who do you take out of the top four right now? One of one one of the two teams wearing red. One I'm of gonna, the two teams. We're getting there. We're getting in there. the top four. I know which red. one it is. Okay, because so we, we we are battling. We are battling to keep the the leader amongst men and getting a contract. Uh, he's uh, go Arsenal. He's talking about he'd go and sign for Arsenal. Jordan Henderson. You guys don't have money to sign Jordan a new contract. And with Genie, with Genie, uh, I think, and that is the one I'm very concerned about. 
There's no talks of a direct replay. And then you guys tend to pull it off and at number 99 come out with some phenomenal Michael Edwards like for the win, baby. Michael Edwards for the win. We're getting to Liverpool shortly. You're going to be wowed, Jeremy. Okay. Okay, um, Andreas. So can I co- yeah. Just get, let, let Jay finish and then yeah, why, 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 why Leicester's in the top four? Jay, your, your favorite team in all of Premier League? <laughs> they play, they play a nice, attractive brand of football and uh, I like the wingbacks there at Leicester. If, uh, yeah, so, I, and I looked at the, the and, I, and I'm watching signings and I keep on having a jab at my Liverpool, uh, friends and I say to them, guys, where, where are you guys signing? Where, what's happening? There seems to be no money um, in, in the Liverpool bank account, it appears. But as I said, uh, you guys have pulled off a Jota where no one saw that coming. Um, and Jota's given the returns as well uh, previous season. But uh, on the same note, you guys have a Minamino and a uh, Shakiri and Ox, Oxlade-Chamberlain. Origi, I don't know what's gone wrong with Origi. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's some there's some dead weight or, or players that are, are not really making the first team that you guys have got to look at. I think Konate is an amazing signing. Um, I do believe, and, that, and that's we what I We made the best the signing of the season, though. One, uh, who is that? Konate. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, with, yeah, so with, the, with Virgil coming back, so I... I think Virgil makes Liverpool an incredible attacking team because the the confidence on those two wingbacks wing that you guys have goes through the roof. He narrows the he narrows the the the, 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 the playing field for you guys because you guys play from the halfway line when when Virgil's fit, and uh, that means the press your guys end up pressing further up, and then Mane's press becomes more impressive because he's playing in a smaller uh, patch of patch of turf because of the where, where Virgil defends from. So. Um, when everyone looked at it and said, oh, Liverpool's not conceding, Virgil's not there, it's not about that. Uh, I believe he gives Robertson and uh, Trent a lot more uh, confidence to go forward because he could come back and tackle back and and save Trent's ass, which he does need saving on occasion. Um, I, yeah, so I think just on the on, on the on the two the two the two issues would be the Genie, Genie Van Alden replacement, Jordan Henderson uh, contract that's up in the air. I think those are the two key points and the fact that the squad's a bit long in the tooth at the moment. Andreas, I, I see you biting okay, at the so bit, buddy. Are we getting straight into the top four? Yeah, I, I, was, I was kind of hoping we were going to say we, it's right, going to be another have, city, uh, Liverpool. One hour for Liverpool. No, you don't. But, <laughs> okay, uh, okay, so let's start. So I'm, I'm going quick, easy, done, biased, plus. Uh, all the pieces coming together, plus the last 10 games of last season, the club factor, the Virgil van Dijk factor, we go back and win the title this year. Liverpool first, City second, Chelsea third, and United or Leicester fourth. And I want to speak about Liverpool first and why I believe this and why the genie thing is not going to be such a big factor for us. Um, I loved the guy. I thought he was a phenomenal servant, great player, and always made us look better. But what we realized at the end of the season when um, Klopp started playing um, Phillips at the end and um, she, I've just lost his name now, my train of thought, Phillips and the other youngster and he pushed Reece, Reece Williams. Williams. Williams and he pushed um, Fabinho into the middle of the park with Thiago. We kind of saw what he's always wanted to do and, and my honest belief is the fully fit midfield three 
that he wants to start the season with are Fabinho, Thiago, and Nabi Keita. And he's, he's that old age story of just getting injured and injured and injured. But every preseason, I follow him. And, and when you go, you're a Liverpool fan and you're here within the ranks, they say there is no, no more talented footballer than him at that football club in terms of midfield. Like he gets compared time after time to our great uh, at war number eight. I'm not going to say the name because I don't think he can compare to him until he proves it. But I think Liverpool will have a trump card. I think you've hit the nail on the head with Virgil van Dijk and Kanate. I think we're already 20% better just with him, his leadership skills, him as a player. Defensively, we're better. Attacking, we're better. And um, it will kind of be like a, a surprise to a lot of the teams because I think they forget with, with him being out, they almost have a false sense of security of how Liverpool play and they, they forgot how good we were with Van Dijk. And I think we won't be as good. We'll be 10% worse. But another factor that is really going to help us is our 12th man, getting back to a fully a full stadium at Anfield with Van Dijk back as well and um, all those players. I think we've got cover with Jota now. I think we... we we genuinely have four players in the front three that can score 20-plus goals. I don't think a lot of teams can say that. In Mane, Firmino, Salah and Jota. I think if they all get game time, they're 20-plus goal scorers. Do you really think Firmino is going to bounce back to have a goal-scoring season? I don't think so. I think Jota is going to be the man that takes his place, to be fair. Mm. But uh, what I'm saying is he's still that player that can unlock defences. Mm. So... If I'm honest, I'm, I was a bit worried and sceptical with the strategy Liverpool were taking in the transfer market, but I'm actually becoming more content and happy with COVID and with the financial situation that we're taking an opportunity finally to get rid of a lot of dead weight and actually making some good money, like $12 million on Wilson. Um, we made $11 million on on a youngster that, that hardly has featured, Grucic. If you remember him, he went to Porto mm -hmm. and another player that guys wouldn't even have known of, a Nigerian youngster for six and a half. So we made 30 million on three players that didn't even feature for Liverpool. Can I ask you a question, already. Andres? Do you, do you think, and I'm just going to throw it out there, since obviously Spain has no money, Real has no money, does Kylian Mbappe ever feature in a transfer conversation to Liverpool? Uh, so so I wanted to, to say what Jeremy said to I do think Liverpool will make a marquee signing, whether it's uh, Saul Niguez or uh, they're holding out for an Mbappe next season. But I think Liverpool have a plan now. I think they've seen with Konate coming back, Matip coming back, Van Dijk coming back, our defence is solid. You know, with the midfield players that are there, if they can get one more player, they're possibly assured. And then maybe a backup player, Shakiri can't stay to, to back those four players that I said. So I think their squad is fine. Um, I want to say I'm, I'm really biased with my decision-making on coming first. I'm not going to lie about that, but I truly believe Van Dijk makes us better. The team that I believe should win the Premier League on form and on what they've achieved, and to me the coach of the season and what he did, is Tuchel. If Chelsea continue what they did at the back end of last season and Werner gets half the offside goals that he, he could have got, um, they could be a huge threat. So City... Actually, if they were to get Kane or, or Grealish, I'll or go both. back on everything I've said and make them favourites. Yeah, but even one of them, because sure. I see Kane scoring 40-plus goals at a Man City and Grealish unlocking defences quite easily. And United, talking about Kane doesn't start every game. You won't yeah, be allowed. You're right, possibly. And United have strengthened. 
I'm really impressed with yeah. their signings. Great I must defense, be honest no. with you. There, someone posted on a, on a social media group that I'm on their starting lineup, and I looked at it, and I was like, obviously, like biased towards them. I said, oh, that's not better than ours. But then when I looked at it again, I'm like, sure, that's actually pretty good. <laughs> you know, so if they keep Pogba, I think we're going to see a decent run from United as well. So again, another season, the Premier League gets stronger. And I can't tell you who's actually going to be in the top six, never mind the top four. Okay. Um, but before you, I, before I, you go I, into the next team, I want to get uh, Jay's thoughts on Liverpool because you've unpacked uh, quite a bit there. Uh, the thing is, Luton, I think the big, my biggest fear for Liverpool is going to be if and when Salah has a drop-off. I think uh, you guys have done a lot on the back of Mohamed Salah. And if you look at his FPL statistics, it's actually phenomenal. Um I'm actually starting the season with Mo in, the, in my team. Um, can, he, can he repeat? Can he continue having a 20-goal season? Um, that's up in the air. Because <clears throat> age, and, and he wanted to go to the Olympics, and you didn't want him to go. And I, I get the feeling every time I watch Mohammed that he's a bit temperamental. So if, if, if he's going to be pissed off there, do we see it on the football pitch? Maybe, maybe the opposition defenders will feel he's rough. Uh, I, I don't know uh, whether whether more because he's that that level of performance. I think there's almost nobody in, in that can match his uh, goal involvement rate in the Premier League. Goals goals per minute. I think he's he's his things one of the highest out there, if not the highest. Uh, how long is that sustainable for? Uh, if he continues and if he has a season like he has the last three, he probably would be the greatest ever foreign player in the Premier League. If, I mean, surpassing Aguero and Thierry Henry, if you ask me. So I think this is the season for, for Mohamed Salah if he if he steps up Liverpool. But that's the thing. Uh, in defence, you guys relied heavily on Virgil van Dijk. And when he got injured, and you hear a lot of Manchester United and Everton fans like hoping and wishing and praying for that. When he got injured, it impacted you guys in uh, overall game. Um, my question to you, or... Um, rhetorically would be is if there's no Mohamed Salah, then what? I'm quietly confident that Sadio Mane is going to improve. Sadio is my punt for the season. Last season, I said he'd have a better season than Mo Salah, and I think Sadio had his worst season in the Liverpool shirt. Yeah, uh, but you have to think that Trent was injured as well, and that's why uh, a lot of uh, Sadio Mane's uh, diagonal balls yeah. come from Trent. Yeah, I think I, I always, when I watch Liverpool, and especially if I've got either of those uh, players, Trent or Salah, they, Trent doesn't pass. So I've heard an interview as well. So when Trent plays FBL, Trent and Robbo do play FBL, Trent's captain is uh, Sadio Mane, hey? Um, and uh, when I see that on the pitch as well, he tends to take Salah's space and he gives Salah the ball as last resort and he puts it over for Sadio. So maybe that, maybe in that... Very good observation, the late that would Trent uh, be released by Virgil van Dijk. That offers Sadio Mane the opportunity. Uh, Firmino, I don't know if he gets 10 goals this season. If he does, and, and uh, Salah keeping his form, Liverpool could be up there. I just have, again, just a fact from an age point of view. I don't see, and Curtis Jones, please, uh, no matter how biased you are, Andreas, please don't mention Curtis Jones. I, didn't. <laughs> I don't see. You guys bringing in that that young fresh players as such through your academy or or, or signings at the moment. You guys have a quite a uh, I'm not going to say dad's army uh, with Van Alden leaving, but Milner Milner and Henderson props up that sentiment. Yeah. 
Uh, but you need them, uh, Jeremy, just to add in, you need them to almost be leaders. I don't think they are at a stage where they expect to play 90 minutes every week, but their involvement in, in the change room, in training, uh, around the club is like, it, it's so crucial to be in a winning outfit. And we do, by the way, have the best, top five best up-and-coming footballers in world football, they say, in Harvey Elliott. So um, I think we'll see him in the first team a few games this season. So... Cast your eyes out and go YouTube videos him at Blackburn last season on loan. The boy can play. He's basically Messi-esque watching him play. And uh, and that is almost a burden, putting that on him. But uh, I think we're going to see him a bit. Uh, you're right. In terms of cover, though, in Curtis Jones and all those, we need some cover. But, um, yeah, time will tell. Let's see, Jay. Let's see. Okay. Yeah, so I think, yeah, so if uh, so, I'm start, so I have three Liverpool players in my uh, in my FPL squad already, hey? Smart, uh, smart Starting with the season, um, and the captaincy is on a Liverpool player as well. So, so I who do you have? Trains? Mane, Sa- Mane Salah Jota. Mane uh, Salah Jota, wow. I don't, I don't play the defensive, yeah, I don't play the defensive thing, because uh, Trent will come right uh, once every 10 games. Uh, Salah, Mane, Jota could explode. Three, three consecutive games. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going the explosive with Norwich. Here we come, Norwich. So, <laughs> that game, that game. So, yeah, for those listeners, those, but I, I, I haven't had the, the most, the best season anyway, last season. So, this season, I'm looking to make a, an amends. So, yeah, I think, I think Liverpool, uh, based on Salah, that will make or break their season. If Salah does what he Are does, they top four, as he has. I, I'm going to yeah, I'm going to say yes. Uh, based so, on Virgil. Cool, I'm cool, cool. Yes. Just just quick question. So that answers your other question earlier. And <clears throat> can you please tell the Manchester United fans why you believe they're finishing fifth behind Leicester, your favorite team? Um so because of Pep Guardiola, Jurgen Klopp, Tuchel, uh, Brendan Rodgers. So if you look at those uh those coaches that I've named, uh, they've got a number of trophies in big leagues in their cabinet. And Manchester United, as phenomenal as their squad has become, uh, they have the PE teacher that relegated Cardiff <laughs> and won a league with Mulder in the Norwegian League. Uh, and that's it. That's his credentials. So, uh, and, I, and I post this question to any Manchester and there, uh, there's quite... Uh, passionate Manchester United fans, I said, name a coach with less experience or the experience level of uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer that's won the Premier League. And I think somebody was taking the mickey and they mentioned Claudio Ranieri and I pulled the stats. You can't compare. So that's, and that's the question. And, and you, you too as well will be the question to you. Can you think of a coach with less experience that's won the Premier League? And I can't. I can't. So they could they could have Mbappe, Messi, Ronaldo, and Neymar. And if you don't have a coach coaching you to the title, uh, he, he squad rotations poor. He plays Bruno every game. When they behind, but they get a penalty every sitting, game. Why wouldn't you play Bruno? He's, he's sitting cross-legged on the touchline, holding his face, just smirking, not getting up there, not making the moves, not not showing the passion that you see from uh, Guardiola, from yeah, uh, yeah. Bielsa. I, from, I, so I, I, I just. Uh, yeah, so I think I think they can sign whoever if you're not coached well. Uh, I can't see that. And I, and, I, and I said this last season, they finished second based on the amount of penalties. I think from a fan point of view, just on that, apparently we're going the, the uh, Euro 2021 route where they're not going to show us the lines. We're going to just get the call. 
Mm-hmm. It was People fantastic, take away. by the way. They already did a better job. And I, and I want to quickly add in what you're saying about Solskjaer and Man United fans. I've got a lot of passionate Man United fans, friends that are, are Man United fans. And we've been having debates left, right, and center. And more of this is coming from them than from me. And I just posed them one question. I said, where in Man United's history would they give an extra extension contract to a manager that's won nothing? Uh, it's it's absolutely baffling for me that Solskjaer's won nothing and he's actually getting a two-year extension with this squad. And to your point, you give that same squad to Klopp, Guardiola, and Brendan Rodgers. I believe they're in the top four, definitely. With that sit with 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 Solskjaer, they should be in the top four, but it's almost like, mm, do they play out of their skin? And has he been able to affect the big game? To your point, he often, 60 minutes into the game, he doesn't know how to affect the big game. So he's either got to learn that very quickly, or I think they're going to have a disappointing season. If they don't get the penalties? If the penalties aren't no, as uh, forthcoming? I must, I must be honest with you. I, um, uh, that's, that's null and void in my mind, because a lot of them were penalties. Um, but the making is they take two very good steps forward. But I'm a true believer that that Man United team needs Paul Pogba. And if they lose him, I think they go backwards again. So, mm. uh, because then uh, it, it's almost like they're buying these great players and flashy players in Fernandes and Sancho and all to, to get released. But if Pogba goes, then you're relying on Fred and McTominay to be those guys in front of the defense. And then uh, it's almost like you've gone sideways. So, I'm with I'm with Jeremy on this one. It's not because of um, I'm anti-Man United. It's really not. I think they've improved, but I think Liverpool will improve because of who they're getting back from injury. City are going to be where they are. Chelsea have improved, and Leicester showed that they're an outfit that don't go away. And, and to Jeremy's point, it almost makes more sense that Leicester had eight or nine big injuries. Actually, they could have easily like, and they stayed up there. They stayed in contention. Mm-hmm. So if they stay injury free, they could they could do wonders. So. I could, man. Maybe after today, I'd take Man United out of the top four. But I had them in my top four. But I think I'm going to go with Jeremy and and say that Leicester pipped them as well. Okay. Well, let me just tell you where I'm at on the on the Manchester United. I think first of all, first and foremost, they they're starting eleven, looking power, like hands down, one of the the best starting 11s that you. Well, there's a there's a reason when you look at the starting eleven, you think on any given day they they could beat any given team. Um, the problem that and why I do mention the penalties is because I I generally hate the penalties, the amount of penalties that happen, but that's for every team throughout the throughout the league. It uh it it turned into a little bit of a farce for me last season with the the light touches turning into penalties and I think it was towards the end of the season it became uh, they became a little bit stricter, and they they waved away a bunch, and I was happy to see that. But you know, you know, even when, you know when it felt like um, maybe it wasn't always fair. It didn't feel like it was fair. Yeah, well, this team got one, and this other team didn't get one. At the end of the day, when they start waving away the amount of uh, uh, soft penalties, I, I was quite happy to see that. But that also turned a little bit of a. Um, a little bit of a decline in United's form. That's when they dropped off of City as well last season. So the concern Lesson, is... Can I, mm. can I interject? I just want to just say that. So Ole plays uh, out, out of position football, uh, position football at home, and he's been able to get away with doing it at Old Trafford in an empty stadium. So he gives the ball to the opposition, he sits back and he tries to catch them on the counter. With a full stadium at Old Trafford, especially with the 
grievances against the Glazers, and we, they, we've seen them, we've seen them protest and write and storm, storm Old Trafford. Mm. The pressure that he's going to be on is going to be incredible. Number two, after he's is hiding from Tottenham, he then decided to play the entire season double pivot. He's got a double pivot who sits back to protect. Maybe the double pivot will go away that Varane comes in. And he's got, I think, four luxury players that don't tackle back. Uh, Rashford, uh, Gre- uh, Greenwood, Cavani, Pogba, and Bruno don't really tackle back. I think when I do a comparison to Liverpool, probably the, the, the player that tackles back the least at Liverpool would be Salah, who still tackles back more than the, the four that I mentioned. Mm. And Ole's got no problem with the fact that, they, that they're lazy out of position. And in the Premier League, for the sides that have been really successful, Liverpool, Manchester City, uh, and, and to an extent uh, Chelsea, because Tuchel is not carrying luxury players as well. Uh, those with work rate is what they want to push forward. Ole doesn't manage those who don't, and I talk about a Pogba here, that don't, don't work uh, off the ball, number one, as well as the substitutions where he substitutes. He, he, he play, I mean, he makes changes in the 90th minute for most games because there's a lot of fear and trepidation in the guy. And my last point with regards to penalties, and I raised it earlier, I don't think in terms of state with, with, with fans in there, if the referees want to make it to their cars or their transportation, whether they have armored vehicles there, that they're going to give Manchester United so many favorable calls because the fans are going to, are going to be livid uh, with so many. And I mean, for the last two seasons with VAR, without fans, uh, they've had a lot of favorable decisions, not, not over the top, but more than most teams uh, go their way. So Bruno's penalties comes down. Uh, but I think the whole Bruno league's penalties has. come down in general. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm just, mm. I'm just saying, and, but, but I mean, the team, the team that's uh, benefited from Howard Webb as well as, as well as uh, VAR, who would think with VAR that Manchester United would be still getting those penalties, but however, they did benefit there as well. So I think all of those factors, and so it's not a bias. I think their squads are incredible. I think their squads incredible. So it's not a bias, and, and the listeners would know I'm anti-Manchester United. But uh, without that bias, I, I think uh, it, it's going to be tough for them to maintain uh, that position in the top four. You speak about the luxury player, though, but uh, one of your favourite players, one of your favourite players from the previous season was Rashford. Well, he's injured as well right now. Um, and, yeah, I was hoping with everything going that he could be... Because Manchester United, over, over time, if you think of a, a Ruud van Nistelrooy, uh, Dwight York, Andy Cole, they've always had these 20-plus uh, goal forwards, uh, Mark Hughes, Tevez, and I thought last season that that was going to be the transformation. At 23-ish, uh, Rashford is going to break through the ceiling and be that iconic Manchester United player, probably even getting the number seven or number nine jersey to, to get to make that breakthrough. And I punted on him a few times. It did work. But yeah, he's been inconsistent. And yeah, I don't know how much uh, there's been the journals have gone at him uh, with regards to the, the whole feeding scheme and saying he's done it for his brand image and he's tweeted about it as well, that he's not doing it for his own brand, et cetera, et cetera. And if he was, he's still feeding kids. That was his, but so he's, he's taken aback by that as well as the, the penalty shootout. And I think even at the end of the loss against, uh, against uh, Villarreal, I think he took, uh, he also took some flack there. So I think emotionally that young man, uh, his headspace is not there and, yeah, Ole, once again... Well, Ole, it, man, it man, makes man, thick man. skin as well. You, you you grow from that. If you get past things like that, you can deal with um, all kinds of but, adversity. But Ole plays him... 
Ole plays until he's broken. So Ole, Ole's lack of squad rotation and man management for me again. So uh, I think, yeah. So I, I, I think there's too many luxury players in that Manchester United team in terms of tackling back, working off the ball. Um, one of the reasons, and, I, and I'll make the direct uh, contrast to down the road, one of the reasons Aguero is, uh, is gone is because he doesn't do that. And Pep wants, and that's why he's such a fan of Gabriel Jesus, because he does that work off the ball. So the big coaches, Klopp, Klopp demands it as well. I don't know who is your luxury player uh, because everyone at Liverpool as well tackles back. When you look at that Manchester United team, four or five of them walk back. Okay. Now, Jay, I'm going to let you have this one first. We speak about consistency. We speak about squad rotation. Chelsea. Does Chelsea follow up what they did at the end of the season? Does Timo Werner come right? Well, I think there's definitely going to be an improvement in Kai Havertz. Uh, I'm, I'm, mm. I'm taking a punt at the start of the season on Kai. I think he, the way he played for Germany as well in the Euros showed that Kai's going to have a lot of confidence. He's going to have that significant improvement. I think the Champions League win is going to have that entire squad buoyant mm. and, 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 and really, really, really bubbling. Um, N'Golo Kante, uh, what, what is it? Uh, 80% of the earth is covered by water, the rest by N'Golo. No, it's the <laughs> other, so, other way around. Yeah, Angola <laughs> um, yeah, Kante has been phenomenal for them. I believe they finished second. I think Chilwell, uh, Reese James, Aspilicueta, I don't know who they're going to be signing. I, there hasn't been much talk of their big signings coming through, uh, but I think they're going to be phenomenal. I think second position goes to, uh, to Chelsea. I think defensively, if you can afford some of their defensive assets, I think defensively, they, they've under Tuchel, they've been really, really incredible offensively, um, I think the Haaland conversation is still up, up there. That could be... I don't know how great Haaland's going to be in the Premier League. Uh, that's a subject for another day. But the Haaland conversation is really, really close. And um, their dealmaker, uh, I think it's Marina or Maria, she is phenomenal. I mean, she is probably the best... You guys talk about Mike Edwards. Uh, that Karens uh, Koya, I think her surname is. She's really, really remarkable there for Chelsea. So... Um, she probably could pull Haaland if anyone could. I think, but I definitely believe uh, Chelsea finished second ahead of uh, Liverpool. Okay, Andres, do you think the the consistency that they had towards the back end of the season under Tuchel continues? I do. I think they get better. Um, my hope was that one of Real Madrid and Barcelona <clears> had money so they could tempt Kante to leave, because that's the only way I think they get worse. Um, I really think he's found a mean formula. He's got great wing backs. Uh, his centre backs are, are playing phenomenal football. Um, Mendy has come in and been an absolutely great goalkeeper for them. And uh, I think uh, what Jeremy said, um, Havartz looked absolutely fantastic in those last eight games. He was almost the talisman, main man. You could see he saved him for the bigger games and the Champions League games in between the lines and the way he played for Germany. So Havartz, for me, is going to be sensational. And I think Timo Werner will, will be that goal scorer we know him to be. I think he's already found like he's got form. He trusts him. And Jeremy brings up a very good point. He, he knows he plays for more reasons than his, uh, than his goals. He stretched... Three games against Manchester City, three games where he was basically the trump card in terms of stretching City, and Chelsea came out on top all three times. So there's a formula to the way he plays. He stretches the outfits, and he was offsides. I think he had the most offsides goals by like centimetres and millimetres, and if those are just the other way around, I think he would have ended on like 28 goals this season, in his first season. And his stats weren't that bad to start with, so... 
Chelsea will definitely be going the whole way with um, with Liverpool and City. And I wouldn't be surprised if they came out on top. Again, my bias leads me towards Liverpool. But if Chelsea were to end top, I wouldn't be surprised, to be honest with you. I think they will challenge City and Liverpool right till the end. And there'll be quite a gap between those three and the rest. Okay. Yeah, look, uh, Chelsea obviously have had a fantastic end to the previous season and the the question was at a stage just after Tuchel took over from Lampard it would be was would that team have settled the way it did you know was it all Lampard's original work that was built into that Chelsea team and eventually they gelled and it was just really poor timing that Lampard went out and but like you said you started to see it towards the end of the season. Havertz was fantastic. And through the Euros, obviously, he's a man for Germany. He might be one of... He could be player of the season. You look at all the teams, all the players. Havertz could be that guy this season. There is that obvious belief there. But whether you're saying that they take the top spot and, and we, we do talk about the champions last and, and they deserve obviously all the praise that they get. Pep Guardiola and Man City know how to do it week in and week out. What changes a season? If they sign Harry Kane and Jack Grealish, if they just sign those two, is there any team in the Premier League that can stop them realistically? No, I don't think so. Um, however, the only thing I can think of actually unsettling City is um, they are the favourites. There's no doubt. They, they've got the mantle. They've got the winning formula. They've got the great coach. I just believe that um, we'll come at them from a Liverpool perspective. Chelsea are better. So there'll be two teams that will be better and stronger to compete against them. And um, I think it might be a bad statement of intent, although it's going to work out for them. And that, that is why I say when you've got these luxuries, you almost look like you're a greater coach than you are. But um, to get a Kane and a Grealish into your squad, what are you saying about the squad you currently have? And it, it, it's almost frightening and crazy that in this day and age, they're allowed to buy those players with the squad they have. Mm. It's, 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 and then having a Bernardo Silva is, on the bench. But it is a Barcelona... It's, it feels a lot like, obviously, I mean, Pep came from Barcelona. And at Barcelona, it was just quality players like, the the whole team would would walk into a starting yeah, eleven anyway. And, and and my my thing with City, I agree with you. My thing with City, and it's 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 to almost to the detriment, and almost Pep has got lucky in some ways that in all what all his seasons, he's actually had some bad injuries. Now I know you, you're going to laugh when I say that, but with the squad they have, it's almost like it's almost helped him to play the guys on the bench. He's never got a season where it no one's his rotation, been, yeah. 100% where so he's gone and had to start his same 11 where these stars like Bernardo Silva and, and guys like that aren't playing. So it's – what can we say about City? They're strong in defense. They're strong in midfield. They score a ton of goals. Um, Sterling is re-galvanized now after what he did with England in the Euros. So there's another player that's turned the corner um, for, for them. Ferran Torres. Did he go to the Olympics for, for diving or nice. not? 
uh, Ferran Torres was fantastic for Spain. Um, yeah. Gabriel Jesus is going to come into his own with Aguero gone. And I'm almost, I just want the 31st to come and not see Harry Kane or Grealish in a light blue shirt because if that happens, um, it's a one, horse one race. or both of them will be in my squad. And, and I do believe it becomes a one horse race, unfortunately, because mm. then they found that goal scorer that can score goals, 30, 40 plus goals, and feed off De Bruyne easily. But having said that, if I look at the current squads and the fact that uh, that football is played on grass and not on paper and only 11 of the guys can play, week in, week out, barring injuries, Chelsea, Liverpool um, and Man United are a match to City's 11 on any given day. I mm. truly believe that. So it's going to take a bit of luck for some of the teams to catch them. But um, we've seen stranger things happen when Jeremy's favorite team, Leicester, won the league. Yeah, crazy so, madness. <laughs> so anyway, guys, no, it's cities to lose. Um, they they're going to they're going to be all there to repeat and and maintain and get their trophy. But we know how hard it is to retain your trophy. Yeah. And, but he handles. But they've hand, they handle that pressure they, really they have well. Handled it, but I do think that uh, I think we always almost think because there's a break that it meant nothing. But the way that Liverpool were down and out in like eighth place and not going to get Champions League and to win nine of their last ten games and, and make it quite comfortably in the end, which is they turned it on. And they turned it on with quite a few of their big stars still missing. How far did we finish behind United at the end of it? Four points? Uh, four or five points later. Yeah. But we were behind them. Mm. So well done, uh, United. Gentlemen, yeah, I, want to, I, want to, I want to interject there. Um, New, a certain Newcastle went to to the Foxes, and we smashed Leicester in Leicester. So when you say we had smashed Leicester, I'm confused. I don't know. Are you telling me that you're now a Newcastle supporter? <laughs> had had Newcastle lost that match, Liverpool would be out of the top four. Hey? That was a big turning point. Uh, that, that was incredible. And I, and I, I, I want, because I have, I'm on, on the groups that I have, there's big Liverpool and big United uh, supporters and I wanted uh, Liverpool to get into the top four, and I couldn't believe the Newcastle that pitched up there at Leicester. Yeah, it was fun. And, and and yeah, so that result it was a Friday night game. Also, hey, Friday night, Friday night, night, Friday night yeah. game. Yes, just that game. And in, and and we, I think we were three, three, one, three nil up the first half. And I was like, wow, okay, Newcastle is doing Liverpool a favour here. So yeah, just remember that, um, Leighton. I think. I think the one thing, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to find a way to beat Pep. Mm. The fact that so he 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 loved this inverted wing uh, wingers, and then he brought the overlapping fullbacks with the inverted wingers. Now he's gone with the tucked in uh, wingbacks into midfield, playing with three number eights, and that for me is something that I can't crack because if you bring in Zinchenko and Cancelo into that number eight, so basically Zinchenko goes into the pivot. Cancelo goes into the second number eight and Gundogan goes further up. Uh, do you suck out the wingbacks or suck out some of the defense? And once you do that, you open up a Marius, you open up a Sterling. And I, I, can't, I can't see a way around it right now from what Pep has implemented. And that has been the fundamental change that he did. When they had the slump, he started tucking in Zinchenko. So because they're, because they're a team that has the ball so much, now when you have two additional players, I mean... They normally have 80% of the position. Now, when you outnumber your position, it's almost like your position is playing with lesser players and you've got 80% of the position. Sure, I think second half, your position is run ragged. There's nothing left in the tank. 
in terms of competing. So I can't seem to crack in, in Dubai. And they play Champions League final. They play. They, they won the Premier League with almost no number nine for, I think, 80% of the season. Jesus was injured. The greatest number nine of all time, Sergio Aguero, played next to no games. And they won the Premier League and they made the Champions League final. So can you imagine with the Harry Kane leading the line? And I think... No, Harry, we don't want Harry, it. Harry, yeah, because he, he's gonna. If Harry goes to Man City, and probably that's gonna be the thing. If he goes there, he he, he takes Shearer's Shearer's two sixty goal scoring record, which I don't want to see happen in if, my life. If he starts every so, game, um, he will though. No, he will. He will if he go, if he goes. Yeah, he'll start. Pay that money uh, to not start, Clayton. Let's see. He'll start. And to your point, Jeremy, no one that inverted winbacks. It started with Cancelo. What he did there was phenomenal. And again, it comes back to my Chelsea talk. They're the only ones that found a way to play around it, with Kante playing balls to the wings and Werner stretching them. So maybe think, they they the formula for what the teams in the Premier League should do. I think Turbo Timo, because I, you could see Ruben Diaz, even in the Euros as well, when, when you run at Diaz, he tends to battle. And I think t- uh, t- Timo Werner having that pace, that, that blistering acceleration, um, he, he was probably had that ability to stretch uh, Man City. And I think also, if you think of Jamie Vardy as well, he tends to have their number with that running in behind. Uh, and he, I mean, he's lost a lot of pace. Uh, having said all of that, I think I think the Grealish deal is done. I'll be absolutely sh- get gobsmacked uh, 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 if if Grealish is not a, a Man City player. But do you think they can on... afford both then? Um, the the point I was going to get to was that it's they've put they've put Marius, uh I think Rahim as well as uh, Bernardo Silva in the shop window. I think they could, and if there's a way that teams can. Uh, usurp Manchester City will be the fact that they create this disruption by three, I mean, Marius, Sterling and uh, Silva, three key cogs in in, in the armory. Uh, if those three go, uh, probably in a swap deal or Sterling to to fund uh, to fund the Harry King uh, move over. And I'm sure Daniel Levy and, and Bruno would, would sign uh, Nuno. Nuno would sign uh, Sterling uh, in exchange for Harry Kane. I'm but sure that too, would happen. He's too good for Spurs. And unfortunately, I'm sorry to say that Spurs fans, but surely Sterling <laughs> is too good for, for Spurs right now. So I don't know how much of that would affect their confidence knowing that Marius Sterling and uh, Bernardo Silva in the shop window for, for, to go the other way in terms of bringing in Grealish. Because when I looked at it, Grealish would play in the Sterling position on the left. That's, that's if Grealish comes to play alongside uh, yeah, it's his favorite Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah, with Kevin with Kevin De Bruyne in the ten, uh, so that that all makes sense for if, if Grealish comes, that Sterling would have to go the other way. Will the disruption then impact uh, Man City's title defence? And that's the thing that Liverpool and Chelsea would need to hope for. Excellent, thanks, gents. Yes, so uh, we're we're pretty much all in agreement. Uh, the the top three would be a fight out between Liverpool, Chelsea, and Man City. But if Man City were to pick up Kane and or Grealish, it would almost become a one horse race. Can I can I can I throw one caveat in that? Uh, does Ole see out the season, and should they change manager mid season or early doors? No, he's staying for another United two. Two trophyless seasons. <laughs> that's my hope. That's my hope. But should they? Uh, that's that's one prediction I'd make is that if they if they get rid of Ole and probably bring in a, a proper coach, 
uh, I think then they could be in the running as well. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Could I add one final thought? Yeah, Liverpool. sure. Man. What happens if Liverpool were able to get Mbappe? Um, uh, Turns into a one-horse race, Andreas. I, I, I don't rate him. I don't rate Mbappe. Yeah, because uh, there's no, there's no scale to rate Mbappe on. He, uh, he's the the, the world's best footballer. He is the pinnacle. Him at the Euros, uh, at the, uh, how many goals? Zero. How, ma- how many? How many? How many international tournaments did Messi win over the years? One. 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 He's won one, one. and yeah. he's had the the no, greatest see, one of the greatest careers of I, I, history. The biggest mis- the biggest mistake Liverpool would make is signing Kylian Mbappe. If you said if you said Robin Lewandowski, Robert Lewandowski, they will say yes, one horse race because Lewandowski in the centre ahead see, of Firmino. Wow, I see he's actually linked with Chelsea, big links. Chelsea as well between yeah, yeah between Haaland, it's between Haaland and Lewandowski Lewandowski. down the centre. Anyway, Jets, uh, it's going to be a great season. I'm looking forward to FBL. Um, yeah, so while you mention that, that's what I want to close out on. Next week, guys, if you are listening out there, uh, these two gents are going to unpack a few of their strategies. We're going to talk about some template teams, the way that we've got to approach the season. Andres is going to tell us fixtures, fixtures, fixtures again. And I'm obviously going to give you the code right now so you can start to get your fantasy teams in. That is G94H2J. That's Golf94 Hotel 2 Juliet. It's going to happen. It's going to be a big season. Um, hopefully, I'm going to be able to get us up a Discord server. So we're going to we're going to try and get something up like that, and then hopefully we can get a prize league going as well, a prize and giveaway league uh, for show supporters. So anyway, yeah, we'd love to get your feedback for the show. So drop us a mail at feedback at latentv.com. That would either just be feedback, or if you'd like to be a guest on the show, so drop us a mail over there these two gents uh will obviously love to converse with you and uh i know andreas likes andreas enjoys a little bit of banter a little bit of throwing down the gauntlet when it comes to the fpl i don't think he has said to a single person that has come on to the show like good luck or anything you know hopefully you do well he's kind of just said <laughs> i'll beat you by the end of the season it doesn't really matter so andres has got some work to do you've got it where did you finish off in the season 90 100 80 what in the last season fpl gee Leighton, i don't know um no top hundred thousand finish okay um yeah i got some message from them saying i was in the top one percent or whatever it is or ten percent i don't know i'll i'll look and let you know next week okay cool jay uh obviously when we get into your fpl you you've had one stellar season and one not so stellar season um so tell me does claudio ranieri does he does he come back for no, another no, I, I think i had a bit of a liverpool finish to my season so i think uh the second half i think if my rest of my season went that way i would have smashed it uh I went from three million to eight hundred k in about six game weeks. So, yeah, I, my momentum's on my so very similar to Liverpool. So I think my FPL history is almost uh, matching with Liverpool. The year Liverpool won the league, I finished in the one thousand four hundred in the world, and the year Liverpool battled to make the top four, I battled to get in top five hundred k. So. If Liverpool go well, and as you guys heard in early on, and Leicester, obviously players. for you. Um, no Leicester, no Leicester players. Oh no, I've got two. I've got two. I've got two. Okay. I've got two Leicester players. <laughs> two Leicester players. Okay. Uh, so yeah, um, 
I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm, yeah, really excited for the Premier League to start. Gents, thanks very much. Listeners, thanks very much. We'll catch you on the other side. Cheers, cheers. Bye-bye. Cheers. Cheers.